0: Take the next chance. And the next. You're rebels, aren't you? i called the Jesse James. Jesse, a.k.a. the Bizzle. Oh, the Bizzle, thank you. <laughs> the Bizzle? Thank you, the Bizzle. Yeah. The Bizzle. All right, ladies and gentlemen of the BizzleCast, welcome back to another BizzleCast commentary. Today, we are doing Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, which was widely loved, won a ton of awards, made a good amount of money, but it was and will continue to be, even more so, very influential on all comic book properties animated and non-animated going into the future both because of the movie itself and of course being spider-man but a brand new vision of spider-man in animated form that we had never seen before and obviously this is coming hot on the heels of marvel and Sony. against my own predictions this is what i was way wrong on guys I, I thought it was over with Tom Holland. It's Spider-Man, and Sony was going to be a bunch of babies, and Marvel was going to be too proud. But somehow, Marvel and Sony have come together to bring Tom Holland back into the Marvel Cinematic Universe as Peter Parker slash Spider-Man, where he belongs. The movies have been making more money than ever for everybody. The uh, the an- this animated um amazingness we're about to watch into the spider-verse it was incredibly successful is partially a part of that as it's a success of you know a mediocre but i guess cool horror-ish rated art movie like venom which made way more money than it probably normally should have all because of how great spider-man has been starting with civil war and in two of his own movies and in two avengers movies since tom holland version of spider-man which even the spidey fans that like the old movies so admit by far, Tom Holland' best live action portrayal of Peter Parker has been so key for Sony and the character of Spider Man being in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But at the same time, Marvel Cinematic Universe is would be much much poorer without ha- having had Tom Holland in what's essentially the last three team up movies that aren't called Black Panther, which is I guess not technically a team up movie. I always consider it because Team Wakanda is a thing with Tatal at the top but the russo's last three you know civil war aka avengers 2.5 with spidey's amazing intro there both character and costume and fighting and then his greatness in his short but extremely memorable lovable heartbreaking and so forth roles in the final two avengers movie and of course his connection to tony stark um, everyone would be the poor for him to leave it took less than a month he's back in the MCU for at least one but it sounds more like probably two or three more solo movies at least and at least one team up and if he's doing two or three new solo movies um, let's say he does three to four new neutral solo movies, well that's going to have him definitely in more than one team-up movie and while well, he's been able to be the kid so far now with most of the Avengers gone Black Widow will be done after next spring we don't know how long Thor is staying so with most or all of the original Avengers gone, again Hawkeye we're not sure, with Haley Steinfeld which I'm about to get to in a minute, this is part of the reason I'm doing this is Tom Holland coming back, part of the reason is I want to rewatch watch this um, With, with but especially with Spidey coming back in the MCU and part of the reason of course is to continue my Haley Steinfeld clan who's amazing in this as one well. Stacy, and wide acclaim even by male nerds who usually ignore female superheroes or de-emphasize them, especially when you have a property like this that has so many versions of Spider-Man that people like, um, but Haley Steinfeld as Gwen Stacy slash Spider-Woman, um... You know, she was really, really loved, and Haley, who's been super famous, you know, is getting as famous as Taylor Swift in terms of being a pop star in huge movies like Bumblebee and Pitch Perfect, now getting her own show, which is launching the Apple streaming TV service, Dickinson, which looks amazing, um... And then, of course, it, you know it's been a, it's been a full month almost, but I have to believe that the rumors remain true that she's coming in as Kate Bishop as a long term leader of the Avengers, starting in the Hawkeye series late next year. She just has to work it out with her pop career, her Dickinson um uh, series, which I'm sure they hope will go more than one season with Apple TV and whatever other project she's going on. She's so young, but she's so famous. The, the, the safe bet here, Haley, go be Kate Bishop, and they haven't heard. Of, if people haven't heard of Kate Bishop, well, they've heard of Hawkeye, and you're going to be the cooler Hawkeye, specifically because you're going to be one of the lead of the Avengers, and not one of the side characters, and you're Hayley fucking Steinfeld, so we're going to celebrate her in this movie, um, and one of the reasons, um, and I'm going to catch you in in a sec to this, one of the reasons I wanted to see this movie was because I wanted to see Haley do a nerd voice performance, because, well, Bumblebee was super nerdy, you I know, mean, Bumblebee goes out of its way to try and reboot and, and, and be a more personal human-machine, you know, E.T. type story, um, and... Haley nailed that with her and B's relationship in Bumblebee despite many problems you can listen to my um my commentary recent commentary for Bumblebee as part of the Haley Steinfeld-a-thon um and uh a movie just really quickly I liked not loved loved the trailers the movie didn't live up to it but the first 45 minutes and the final half hour um where they're you know fighting together at the end or just me and each other getting to know each other at the beginning are great it's the middle act which they really didn't nail and this movie's by diverse, like almost all great Marvel movies and by Marvel I'm also including things that aren't Marvel Cinematic Universe like the better X-Men movies the better Spider-Man movies etc the best superhero movies and um, in, in comic movies have an amazing middle act even if there's problems with the beginning or end and this movie had an hour and 56 for an animated film rated PG so it's really for the whole family unlike everything else we've seen so far I've been calling for a PG Spider-Man movie so it, you know it's, it's a lot to ask for and so one of the reasons I really wanted to see this was Haley Steinfeld's vocal performance and especially seeing how proud she was ...was well before this, during and after the release, even more than her, her music and Bumblebee and other projects, she was so, so, so proud and constantly talking about her um, her experience and just her love of being involved with such an amazing project like Spider-Verse, even though her beautiful self... You know, we get her a great voice, she actually does great voice work sounding not totally like Helly Steinfeld, which is always super impressive. Rosario Dawson can do this as well. You know, you see Rosario Dawson as Claire Temple, you're like, okay, that's Rosario Dawson, you know, playing Claire Temple. But you see her, you know, here as like Batgirl, you know, in the DC, DC Batman Lego movie or so forth. You know, these actresses can do great voice work. Haley's great. So, it's a PG movie, Check great new animation style when we almost never get great new 2d animation and everything's all pixar which i I really 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 don't like despite how good those movies get rated Uh, you know that that was going to combine anime um old school cell animation a little 3d and a bunch of other stuff so the animation check so haley check animation check pg finally can we make an awesome pg movie even if it's two hours long and do well in the modern day that's a big check what this movie had working against it I'm going to say the rest of the commentary is I'm sick of Spider-Man and uh, well, uh, Tom Holland has been, as I keep saying, you know, spectacular in all the Russo movies, Civil War and the two Avengers movies. I couldn't get through Homecoming. I haven't had a chance to rent and fully watch Far From Home. I'm not sure I'll ever get through Homecoming because, again... Like Bumblebee, it's too obviously trying to be an 80s John Hughes teen romance thing. Haley Steinfeld was Bumblebee, and John Cena was able to get me through it, a couple watchings of Bumblebee for a commentary, and now I think I have to go back and do at least a commentary with Homecoming, but I'll do that with someone else. I'm definitely going to see Farm From Home. I know I'm going to love it because, you know, Tom Holland, like Kelly Seinfeld, started great as a kid actor and just keeps getting greater and greater, um, and I know the, the movie is considered one of the best MCU movies, just like this is considered one of the best... Um, T- comic movies, period, that we've gotten so far, so my Haley Steinfeld is going to lead directly into once I do Edge of Seventeen, uh, is going to lead directly into my Tom Hollandathon of the two Spider-Man movies. I've already done Civil War and The Avengers, but nevertheless, um, it's important to do those movies and gives me a chance to either watch them for the first time or get through them for the first time. But Tom Holland, and I've been saying, uh, um, you know, is, is now my f- female St- Haley Steinfeld. Yes, he's not a pop star, and yes, he kind of started in big budget movies where he got famous, even though he had done some work before, and continues to do really cool work. And his next big role of than Spider-Man is Uncharted, baby, when <laughs> young Nathan Drake. Oh, it's going to be great. The first video game movie that I already feel from the beginning it, with the casting and the property it should be amazing. And if they do their job, it will please f- 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 something that none of the other comic movies, including Tomb Raider and Warcraft, which have their uh, upsides, none of the other com- uh, uh, the sorry, none of the video game movies has been able to accomplish his make it so that even if you had no idea that it was a video game you would absolutely love it as uh, you know a, a, with the lead character Nathan Drake that's specifically a combination of Nathan Fillion's Malcolm Reynolds from Firefly just Nathan Fillion's you know good-looking um, you know quippy self uh, and charming self in general um, mixed with Indiana Jones and some Tomb Raider stuff um, and it's just it's going to an absolute blast Tom Holland has already come up through the Russo school which is based partially on the Whedon and Gunn school you Those are the three main directorial teams and writers of the Marvel Marvel Cinematic Universe um, since the original Iron Man movies with Jon Favreau. Favreau is the same. All of those directors um, know how to do the quippiness in the midst of battle um, and they know the the central rule of these uh, properties and we're going to see it I think. I should say guys, I have only seen Spider-Verse once in the theater. I saw it three weeks after it came out. What I was going to say was You know what what held me back from seeing it was me just being sick of Spider-Man, even though I love Tom Holland, and knowing this was going to be a million Spider-Mans seemed like it could go either way in terms of interest and appeal for me. On top of that, the fact that it was—I knew it was going to be yet another origin story. And yes, it's cool that it's Miles Morales; it's not Peter Parker. But because the of the animation, and because what results from the outside, you know, a- outside of and after the origin story of Miles Morales as the new young Spider-Man in this particular universe, um, both within the film and sort of on a meta level, and definitely with the characters and the voice actors who we will get back to, it ends up being, like Wonder Woman, a much more origin story, a much more interesting origin story, excuse me, than it seems like on the surface, but anyways, Tom Holland, great to have back in the MCU, he's going to be amazing Uncharted, and everything he does, What I was going to say was, Haley Steinfeld has a, has a Like Anna Kendrick for just being funny, Uh, whereas Tom Holland obviously has that knock as well. But him being hilarious and charming and lovable as Peter Parker in like two seconds of introduction in Civil War, it shows a great confluence of unbelievable young talent and great material. Um, H- Haley's actually not had a great material across the board, even Edge of Seventeen, which I think her b- best mainstream movie has problems, and there's a movie that's made very, very, very good to great at times because of her and Woody Harrelson, um, whereas Tom Holland, most people really like Homecoming, so I'm going to include Homecoming as a good a movie if not a great movie and then you had far from home and then two avengers and, and civil war that's five huge marvel movies all of which are good to great depending on who you ask so he started as a big action star so he's gonna nail roles like uncharted Haley steinfeld was just talented enough to do anything so so if whether she does kate bishop or decides to do something else in the superhero realm big budget realm she will nail it um but it, you know I, I guess what sort of um, worked for and against this movie, and then I'm gonna give you the spiel for the countdown to jump in Spider Man into the Spider Verse 2018. Um, is uh, that, um, even though I knew it was going to be an origin story, mixed with me knowing that it was gonna have some multiverse craziness going on, the animation style, which already looked great, and a great voice cast, um, and not just uh steinfeld uh, marshall lean across the board which we'll talk about i was like okay i'm going to just ignore the fact that we have to get bitten by the spider again um and as we'll see it's important in these sort of time travel slash dimensional travel movies to do the traditional origin story because you're specifically setting up expectations that you then flip and flip and move and flip and flip and flip and and spin around and push and pull and and throw you know and and pull back in terms of the audience experience and expectations um and and so you know like neo and the matrix and luke skywalker and star wars the hero's journey you know even when you're going to do one of the best versions of the hero's journey you have to start with some tropes i suppose Made interesting to see how i feel about that first 15 or 20 minutes um and uh let me get you in the countdown so queue up your dvds blu-rays digital files whatever to zero hours zero minutes and zero seconds put on some subtitles depending on your volume you can do whatever you want with volume. If you want to hear it all, listen to me more. Some combination of both. I'll leave it up to you. But usually, I set a little bit of ambient sound, huh? um, especially with movies like this that have great music and special effects, as well as an unbelievable voice acting, of course, which is a big part of this, in addition to the great animation. Um, so get all that stuff ready. And cube to zero, I'm going to count from three to two to one, say go. When I say go, you should hit play, and it should line up very nicely. Uh, and again, as I mentioned in sort of the prelude to the intro, this is not going to be do- deep dive into Spider-Man lore in itself, because it's just not something I know a lot about, even though I love uh, you know, some of the Spider-Man movies. I absolutely adore Tom Holland. version of spider-man and peter parker and like this even though the hype coming out of this was through the roof how good this was it was a lot better than maybe i was expecting as a guy who's not nearly into spider-man and kind of gets sick of spider-man but as a tribute to both tom holland and the people at the marvel cinematic universe for making me love modern spider-man when in general i felt a little uh, od with spider-man but i think with my first rewatch here since it's been the theaters i'm gonna love it and love all these versions of spider-man too uh, Sp- Spider-Man as well, not Spider-Man 2, which is a pretty decent movie, um, and uh, yeah, that's where we're going to go, so again, cue it up, um, I'm going to give you the countdown, say go, you hit play, it should line up pretty nicely, so if you have to do anything, do it now, otherwise, here comes the countdown, Three, two, one, go. Alright folks, here we go, 2018 Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse little matrix jump in there i don't think it's a coincidence um columbia of course a sony company and as of recording of this and probably a release up there's the first awesome animation right from the start look how trippy this all is we get the flippy marble comics but again this is already super trippy in terms of uh look and feel and sound uh and that's what this movie excelled at it was all about we were just a few days out from tom holland somehow sony and marvel who you know it's amazing they ever came together in the first place to give us tom holland as spider-man in the mcu and and make it amazing in both the solo movies and the team-up movies but they managed to have a breakup and then come back together in less than a month because the fans were so bad the actors were so bad and young tom holland for everybody's sake needs to be in everything. He's not in this. This is a Sony project. It says an association with Marvel, not the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Marvel as in Marvel Comics. Um So, it's going to be hard not to talk about the the you know, <laughs> we love you, we hate you, we love you uh, dance that Marvel and Sony have been doing the last few years. Uh, there's no doubt the Spider-Man movies with Tom Holland have been making more money, getting better reviews, getting more people invested, and he is certainly a major part, along with many f- famous, um, old or new famous Avengers. Up oh, there's the kiss from Spidey One. Um, so we're seeing like a quick recap of, of the Peter Parker stuff that we've seen in the other movies. Uh, yeah. I- Right, I did this. I did this. Now here's he's cocky Spider-Man in the first three. Up oh, there's the Toby Maguire dance that's so famous or infamous from uh, Spider-Man Three. Okay, I'll save the big commentary about the studios. Just uh, there's the uh, there's your friendly neighborhood Deadpool. I mean Spider-Man. Here's Kingpin getting beat up by all the bad guys. I still love being Spider-Man. So, anyways, bottom line, everyone's thrilled. Spider-Man's back in the MCU. I know Sony owns everything, but guys, we need him. Everyone knew it. I mean, more than they thought originally with the casting and the writing and, and stuff of those movies. He's such a highlight. Even for someone like me who hasn't gotten through either of the Spider-Man solo movies and all the team movies, he's always one of my favorite parts anything that he's in, in those films. I look forward to watching, uh, going back and finishing Homecoming, and I look forward to watching Far From Home, which I hear is really amazing, um, and one of the best MCU movies, and probably doing commentaries for both of them. Alright, here we go. The Black, you know, uh, Peter Parker, Miles Morales. As I mentioned in the intro, I am not going to do a deep dive about all the different Spider-Mans and all the nerdy stuff that goes on. Because I, while I can watch a movie like Rogue One or Solo, because of my love for Star Wars and pick out a lot of the easter eggs and so forth, I cannot do that for Spider-Man. In fact, most of my knowledge of sort of the Avengers-verse, as well as DC Comics, uh, has come from the movies in the past couple decades, um, other than X-Men, where I have actually read a ton of X-Men comics, and of course Star Wars, I just read everything Star Wars. Um, There is, I believe, Mahershala Ali So this is, of course, a who's who of both, you know, people of color and people not of color um, Throughout this film Miles Morales, voiced by Shamik Moore Uncle Aaron, Mahershala Ali There we go sorry guys i'm just getting reacquainted with this this was such a mind trip this is one of those movies that i knew visually and in terms of quickness of plot was going to be a major mind trip going into it but it was so stunning in terms of the sound and animation normally this is why i don't like pixar and modern animation is because it moves too damn fast even though those movies get rated so well and people generally love them and my only complaint with this movie was that it also was hitting me over the head with how fast it was. But because we get all the spider man and the multiverse and the great storytelling and uh, he's in the cop car already uh, is Miles Morales. Um, but uh, anyway, my point being... My only complaint about this movie is the one I have about all modern animation movies, which is they need to slow down and take their time. That's what made the Little Mermaid and Aladdin, Lion King so great in the in the nineties was they knew went, went to stop and not just have a song but take their time. Um, and as I teased in the intro, uh, you know, while Wonder Woman, I went into it being like, okay, this is the first origin story I'm going to enjoy in a long, long time. Um, back in 2017 This was one I was like I know we're getting The origin story But it is Miles Morales And there's some Multiverse stuff going on And I knew The, the lead uh, you know, The co-lead In terms of his universe And his love interest or, or slash friend Gwen Stacy Voiced by Haley Steinfeld Another reason I was in, Into this As well as Mahershala Lee And all the other famous uh, Just to name a few We're going to get Lily Tomlin Zoe Kravitz John Mulaney Nicholas Cage Lee Schreiber Chris Pine I mean Oscar Isaac you know, this is, you know, this is what DC is doing on their animated stuff as well. You just get amazing voice talent to tell these stories. Right, so he was at Brooklyn Middle, which is, I guess, public school, and now he's at Elitist School, and this is, you know, one of the many overlooked things about what made Creed 1 great, um, was specifically, if you're watching at all, Adonis Creed was having trouble being a black guy. Who was, from a, uh, who was born in a j- jail like John Valjean, essentially, because he was the bastard son of Apollo Creed and is eventually saved and pulled out of, of Juvie when he's found by the widow of Apollo Creed, Marianne, uh, played by Mrs. Cosby, God bless her, um, Felicia Rashad, um, and he immediately has conflicts early on, and part of the reason he boxes because he has a thing, you know, a complex with his dad, does Donis a- Creed, uh, and part of it is because he's having a conflict between being a... black. <laughs> oh you gotta say I love you back in front of all the friends this is great oh this is great I love you dad yep so number one thing about this movie nails the superhero humor and You know, and it's as a PG movie, it's right between the sort of Pixar jokes that work for adults and kids and the Marvel or Star Wars stuff, which is like working on multiple levels where kids find some things funny, adults find other things funny, and some jokes, you know, are are funny for, for different ages for different reasons. Here, everyone, I think, gets the jokes, and that's what makes great PG movies great. We've been seeing in a while, even the old-school Disney animated movies, is that we can all be laughing together at the same thing. It doesn't have to be innuendo for the adults and, you know, lame gags for the kids. That's certainly not this. Now, unlike all the, the aforementioned Pixar movies and other modern animated or 3D, you know, CGI movies that I'm not a huge fan of, For, as I said, just being overly super fast. The hecticness of this was important. It's not that he has mental illness. Although, you know, his brain is clearly working at an insanely high um, level. Mr. Morales moving in the dark. Einstein said time was relative. Says Morales. He's trying to get out of being late. It's quoting Einstein. This kid's got balls already. You gotta love it. There's Gwen Stacy. Who looks and sounds nothing like Heli Steinfeld. My girl. God bless. I was trying to sound up a little bit. So, anyways, the the, the fast even with two hours, there was so much ground to cover here. And uh, and it was, you know, again, even before the spider bite, it's important that the whether it's Miles Morales or Peter Parker were super smart and could think super fast to do their Peter Parker and Miles Morales stuff as Spider Man. So and they do take these little breaks here. I like that these two kind of know each other already and have talked. It's not like I'm just sweating and too nervous to talk to you, even if I have a thing. A What if to infinity? So, like I said, I'm not going to be able to spot almost any major hidden Easter eggs uh, or references from past Spider-Man stuff that aren't having to do with the MCU or modern Spider-Man portrayals. Um, but I might recognize some of the sort of science stuff that's going on with the multiverse. Of course, we're going to see the multiverse of madness with Doctor Strange, Uh, which you know in some ways will be cooler because it's live action but in some ways it's going to be almost impossible to live up to how character based all of this is and sort of it's non-cosmic even while being sort of the intimate multiverse Marvel again keeps going more and more into space in in other dimensions and while that's teased here again it's all based through Spider-Man who's a ground level guy which makes the fact that there's a multiverse happening even crazier and the different Spider-Mans handle handle it in different ways. Notorious B.I.G. baby to P.G. Miles Morales movie. Yeah got to love it so yeah other than Marshal Mahars- Ali um Tylee Steinfeld and a couple others you know you guys can go at IMDb and see all the famous people I mean they're really playing this biggie track of course the parallel here again, is Creed, you know? And Creed, like I was getting to, is, is dealing with his father's legacy, not just as a boxer, but as being, you know, a guy who came up in this 50s, and 70s, racist America, got famous and rich and even loved in Apollo Creed and then died because of one bad decision, leaving his son, um, or at least the one son that we know of, Michael B. Jordan's Apollo Creed. Um, but I've talked about it on the podcast with numerous people, you know, when you look really closely at, at uh, the Creed movies, specifically the first one, it's also a boxing as a metaphor of being a black person in America, regardless of your background and your history, having to fight for every inch and then being to- still told you're not good enough or still put things in your way, uh, but ri- rising above it, reaching your true potential. But there's very little direct race talk in Creed. One or two. It's usually a joke that white people are involved in. And understand specifically, Sylvester Stallone, who you know at least a kind of about Sly in real life. But the character of Rocky is equally comfortable among white and black people. Obviously, Apollo Creed having been his best friend. Um, brother really from another mother before you know uh, uh, i mean w- what's really tormenting rocky is not just his kids and dead wife but th- the legacy of the death of of apollo which is why we needed creed 2 even though maybe some people didn't want it we needed to deal with that legacy um full and head on um but th- i don't know if there's any direct race t- discussion in this other than you know the fact that they're black And they talk about it being weird going to a private school and playing Biggie and other hip-hop. And Creed, there's a handful of jokes about black people and white people that are so on point and so sort of innocent in how they're done um, that you almost don't notice it's happening. And like I said, the bigger racial commentary in Creed is much below the surface. And so whether there is racial commentary at all in this film, I have no idea. I'll leave it up to you. But the fact that they didn't rub it in your face, which of course... You guys know my politics. If it was Brooklyn, oh man, so we're starting to see, okay, well, table race politics. This is gorgeous. This reminds me of the Animatrix. Uh, look at how beautifully everything's painted with the greenish tint, um, and we're getting introduced to how colorful this movie is going to be, and we saw it in the intro, in terms of the on-screen action and plot and the characters, this is where we start seeing the color come alive. And so, this is Miles, you know, getting to have an outlet here through graffiti and through art. Up here comes the uh, the Spider-Bug, or what? Do you, the Spider-Spider, Spider-Man Spider. Um, and, by the way, oh, look, this is beautiful. Again, great old-school hip-hop. Um, pretty much all New York East Coast hip-hop, which is very intentional, From what, you know. Um, I'll try not to give a lesson on hip-hop. I know more about hip-hop than Spider-Man, but... Not as much as I know about X-Men or, you know, music from Africa, but, uh, sorry, I just love the way this this bug is portrayed. And every, what I was going to say was, because we get Spider-Man already been bitten in Civil War and then Homecoming... Again, the problem with Homecoming is well, they had already set up a perfect Peter Parker story in Civil War where he was already fighting crime. And yes, he would go to the next level, fighting the vulture, working with Tony Stark, becoming buddies with Tony Stark, you know, becoming a better person, becoming a better superhero, you know, getting better at, his, at, at everything, forming relationships, all that stuff. we went great in Homecoming. But then to again make it a sort of another origin story that we didn't need. And um after he was set up as pretty mature and on top of his game other than needing a new suit in civil war it just felt like a step backwards the same way that jessica jones season two two and a half years after jj one which you know i adore seemed like an older jj with how little she had like it's like as if she had never experienced there's the bite oh yeah here comes the, the venom so to speak uh, i guess it is actually venom um I never thought about that, that that Spider-Man could have been called Venom, um, boop, slaps it up his hands, yeah, um, but anyways, they specifically did not do, even though I don't love Homecoming, a traditional, you know, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man 1 origin story, um, just like with logan and all the logan x-men movies you know it all happens after the experimentation for the most part and we're piecing it together like he is and so they can get away with doing the spider bite here because it's miles morales because it's animated because they knew this movie was going to be amazing but also and especially because it had been i guess 15 16 what 17 years at least since the original Spider Man with Tobey McGuire and the gorgeous, amazing Kirsten Dunst. God bless her. Glad she's back on things. She was deservedly one of the it girls of me growing up in the late 90s, early 2000s. Not just because she was beautiful, Mary Jane, which she was. She's just a great, great actress. Speaking of great actresses and beautiful, here she is, guys. Haley Steinfeld as Gwen Stacy. And even the nerds I listen to who are obsessed with Spider Man, it's usually, you know, all about either the various male Spider Mans or the male villains. But everybody absolutely loved Gwen Stacey and everyone had the same complaint or the same thing i had said which was she's so good we wish we had more of her because i don't think she comes in if i remember correctly until much later as i'm guan Guananda, your name is guanda i'm african i'm south african oh my god the shoulder touch yeah, Haley, you know, always has to have, like, an awkward thing. Of course, this is from Miles' perspective. Am I doing this little motion and just feel this way, right? He's starting to feel the powers. Look at that. She's got freckles, dyed blonde hair, an eyebrow. but uh, pier- By the way, guys, Haley Steinfeld seemingly has avoided any sort of tattoos or crazy piercings that I'm aware of. I actually don't mind some some tasteful tats or tasteful piercings. Um, on ladies if again they're tasteful here I don't know if you ever noticed that on, on the first watching of this but you know they're trying to show with her with her dyed hair and and, and just her, her attitude that she's different than norm, normal girls normal young women so even though you know it had been 17 years since they did the spider origin story with Toby Maguire I guess they probably did it with Andrew Garfield I don't know I've seen Amazing Spider-Man once one once I don't know if I've seen any of two. Oh uh, no, they to shave her head. It's like getting gum or uh, or, or you know peanut butter in your hair. Um, uh, too, uh, it's on his hands too. That's, that's Grizzly. Um, but they still had to make it different because we've all seen the original Spider-Man, and the first meta thing in terms of the real world. I'm going to point out as he starts experiencing what he doesn't know is going on, which is his powers manifesting. Um, which is, this movie made quote-unquote only $375 million worldwide, which is the lowest gro- grossing of all the Spider-Man movies. Um, and you'd think being PG and animated with an amazing animation style, you'd think, okay, well... How come Disney, everything, Disney animates makes a billion dollars and this didn't even make 400? And that's part of the reason Sony came back to Marvel or whatever happened with Peter Parker and Tom Holland back as Spider-Man. Because they realize that the the quality of the movie and accessibility to children and adults should have made this a billion dollar movie, especially because it's Spider-Man. So, so Sony, of course, learned the wrong lesson, which is, oh, look, everyone loves this movie. Who cares about how much money it made? Not very much for what it is, even though it's winning all the awards. And, and just like Venom making a lot of money, they learned the wrong lesson. They're like, we don't need Marvel anymore. We're fine. You know. And of course, someone realized somewhere on both sides, I think mostly Sony, that they can keep doing this stuff. And, and this has already been amazing. Look at this. We see, you know, uh, it's it's you know it's like live animation even with some text bubbles and stuff from the comics. You know, Sony realized that Tom, that it's too late. <laughs> that, the, the Tom Holland Peter Parker at least is so ingrained via Tony Stark and the other Avengers and characters in the MCU, which started with the Civil War, which launched both Spidey and Black Panther, who have become the two most iconic parts um, to come out of Civil War. That was the whole point was introducing Spidey and Black Panther um, going forward as major parts and. It just it wouldn't even feel like the same character Even with Tom Holland If he wasn't part of the MCU But they can still do this stuff And hopefully they now see the light Which is Well if we keep killing it With the main Peter Parker Live action PG-13 We'll keep him in the MCU Even while we're making money off of it And looking good Because the Sony name's still attached To his solo movies And probably somewhere in the, in the um, It's probably also somewhere in the uh, Credits of the, of the Avengers movies as well But, that gives cachet to this, to Venom. There's talk, of course, of now having Peter Parker fight Venom, which is actually, even though I haven't seen all the way through the Spider-Man movies, and I definitely haven't seen Venom, seeing Tom Holland and Tom Hardy go face-to-face... And assuming they do it right, which is there's a lot of face-to-face uh, stuff, um, and this is what made the original Spider-Man movies actually with Tobey Maguire very good. Was like the relationships with James Franco and Willem Dafoe and so forth. Is even though you know some of these guys are going to be bad guys, and you know who Spidey is, and most people don't. It was the tense interactions where if people knew, knew some people knew stuff and some people didn't know stuff about the other people, it was a tense interaction of the characters out of their costumes that was so fun. And so if we get a Venom Spidey movie, but that's 75%, you know, um, Peter Parker and whoever Venom is, it's 20, if it's 75%, um, Tom Holland and uh, Tom Hardy just acting across from each other as people in a tense way, in a hilarious way, um, but with implications, and 25% of yes, great action which will have to be PG-13, guys. I can't see them doing p- this Peter Parker with Tom Holland at Rated R. If anything, I've been calling for a PG movie as, as we watch him really go... Miles we will really go super trippy here, trying to figure out what's going on. He's going in and out. I mean, this is this is way more of an acid trip than we've ever seen on screen. And this is where, again, me a Culpa not having read Spider-Comics... But just hearing reviews of people I follow, like uh, Paul Herman and, and Sean on the Marvel Studios news, who are way more steeped in this stuff, this was revolutionary. Even for people who have literally read all the Peter Parker and Miles Morales comics, like like Paul Herman, this still absolutely blew him away. And at least in the... After- I mean, far from home, everyone seems to have loved. I can't wait to watch it. Oh, here's another Spider-Man. Um, but many people in in the aftermath of this... Oh, God, this green goblin looks amazing. Um, said this is the best and or their favorite Spider-Man movie. And that's saying a lot, even if they sort of came to, you know, came to grips later that, okay, maybe my favorite's going to be Far From Home or Homecoming. And this, this is very high up there because it's animated, it's in its own class. That's saying a lot. Just the way a lot of people, you know, me included, think of, of all the Batman movies in the sense the Dark and Night, the best is the DC Lego Batman movies, which is a Lego movie that makes fun of Batman and DC, but is absolutely amazing, uh, Batman DC movie. Sort of this had a similar thing, but because of how revolutionary the animation style is, I mean, this is scary. And this shows guys, studios, why you can get away with PG movies and you know again part of the reason i was thrilled to see this was just because we were getting an awesome pg spider-man and i think i don't know about far from home but homecoming from what i've seen i know that everything that happens in that movie could, could have for sure been a pg movie they're not even trying at marvel cinematic universe so for the last two I'll, let's give it to tony i will give it to tony here comes spider-man saving spider-man here we go baby yeah all right this has got to be peter parker right um that was cool It's always cool seeing men saving men as opposed to just women. Shoes are untied. Um... I'll give it to Sony, their Sony, they're the last two Spider-Man movies that weren't, you know, in the Marvel universe, this and Venom, Venom was R, this is PG, th- PG, I've been calling for more R movies and more P- PG movies, specifically because the PG-13 movie, through Disney, and, you know, all the other big properties, Mission Impossible, Fast and Furious, are all starting to feel the same, you know, they're a little too kiddy for the grown-ups, even if they're making money, they're a little too grown-up for the kiddies, and, you know, If you can make this amazing SPG and tell one of the best, if not best, on-screen Spider-Man stories of all time in in this... But also make a ton of money with rated R Logan, rated R Deadpool, rated R, you know, I mean, those movies were acclaimed. *The Venom wasn't even acclaimed, but because it was a rated R adjacent, Spider-Man adjacent movie, it still made $800 million because of Tom Hardy. People want to see the two sides. And when they take a kid to see a Spider-Man movie, if they can make it PG, they don't even have to think for two seconds about whether it's appropriate. You know, my nephews love freaking Spider-Man. They're about to turn four in a couple months but there's still not enough kids Spider-Man content because of the toys and everyone wears the shirts all little kids love Spider-Man but imagine if they could do even you know more rated PG or even G Spider-Man stuff on the big screen you know as opposed to just Pixar with an already famous and loved character like Spider-Man are you mad at me? I feel like you're mad at me so anyways I'll, I'll finish that whole long section uh by saying, you know, again, the money kept, the money and critical acclaim, let's, let's say, from Spider-Man 1, 2, 3, Amazing 1, Amazing 2, the money literally and the reviews go straight down and like in a line that you can see. And as soon as Homecoming and Civil War happened, now to, to the two Avengers movies and Far From Home, the money and the acclaim by both critics and mainstream folk has gone up, 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 up and that's why Tom Holland as Peter Parker had to come back, but Sony can still do great projects like that, look at the detail okay, so this is, you know this is a kingpin that I mean, is bizarrely the same figure and shape of Vincent D'Onofrio's kingpin obviously, you know uh, from Wilson Fisk in, in Daredevil is bringing in as much D'Onofrio as King and that's what you want in something like that you know it's like Christian Bale in, in, Bat- in The Dark Knight like yes he's playing Batman but they're writing the movies for Christian Bale who's a transcendent once in a generation actor playing Batman it w- he was never supposed to feel like sort of the traditional Batman which they tried to do with Affleck didn't work and they're going to try and do a version of that with uh, Robert Pattinson it's definitely working with Tom Holland and Peter Parker. I mean, someone, let's put it this way. As someone who read X-Men and some of the Avengers team-ups growing up, I did read some uh, uh, Spider-Man, even if it was, yes, some solo, but mostly through the X-Men and the Avengers teams up and so forth. Um, I immediately liked it and felt comfortable with Tom Holland as, as Peter Parker. Um, I think, thinking about the characterization and the, the rejuvenation of Spider-Man on so many levels, as I've been talking about... Because of how fast this m- m- movie moves, and all the bad guys, and all the Spider-Mans, it's, it's not that uh, Miles Morales um, d- has no agency. It's just that there's so much going on that we, we need a sequel to this just to get the full Miles Morales thing. I mean, there's a reason this is called Into the Spider-Verse, not the Miles Morales show. You know, He is the audience, and we are seeing it through him, and that's how it should be. And, it, you know, this is just the craziest origin story ever for Spider-Man, and he still doesn't have to leave New York. It's like my Obi-Wan Kenobi idea, which I think they're going to do, which is, how can you have an adventure with Obi-Wan Kenobi when he must be on Tatooine for 20 years between episode 3 and episode 4? He can't leave Luke unguarded. My idea is, and I wrote a short story, I hope this is what Disney does, is time travel. Because he could time travel to the past or future and then return at the moment that he left and still be protecting Luke, but then still have an adventure with Ahsoka or whoever. So this was amazing. So so far from home was the first to take somebody, you know, out of New York. I guess for a lot of the action. Um, oh, oh, that's I always get up. Okay, so this is Chris Pine for sure, and uh, I always get up is a version of "I could do this all day" from Captain America. Oh, so this is the Peter Parker from this universe. I forgot this, and he—I think he dies. That's so interesting. I always forget this. I always thought that there was no Peter Parker in this universe until chubby Peter P. Parker comes from the other one. This is the Captain America pump up speech. Is this another heroic Chris Pine death? Kinda <laughs> love Chris Pine and his heroic deaths. Destroy the Collider. Mm. So, in less than a half hour, we've already got the death of Peter Parker in this universe, I think, and now Miles Morales has to be the man, and as I was sort of getting to and this connects, we need to see him to be the man before all, these, all the, <laughs> the Avengers, if you will, of Spider-Man come in. I love that they were able to use Kingpin, again, you know, Venom is clearly a Spider-Man character, Green Goblin, characters like Kingpin are huge in Daredevil, and other properties that Marvel Cinematic owns, um... Oh, there he is. Blonde Peter. Um, So I guess Sony was allowed to or got permission to or they had joint ownership of Wilson Fisk, A.T. Kingpin. Um, You know, people rave about this Kingpin. I'm glad people like it. Sorry, guys. is still the best. And I was taken slightly out of the movie at first because it was another Wilson Fisk that wasn't D'Onofrio. Although we hadn't seen season three of Daredevil yet, which took D'Onofrio's greatness and Wilson Fisk's Greatness as a bad guy character To a new level There it is PG movie He Himself Wilson Fisk Just beat Spider-Man to death So you can get away with this In a PG movie And it's even scarier Than most deaths That happen When they rarely happen In Marvel You know It's as violent as some You know Like Vader deaths In in Star Wars In a PG movie I don't know why You can't make all the Spider-Man movies PG Or at least some of them The live action ones um, and at the same time have him be in more serious rated pg-13 avengers stuff and he could even be in the deadpool verse i mean come on you know ryan reynolds because of the deadpool spoofing spider-man the costumes ryan reynolds being a ginormous comic book nut um and you know loving all the characters and actors that are, you know i mean obviously hugh jackman's uh Uh, Is Deadpool slash Ryan Reynolds major crush, I know he would love to have Tom Holland among many characters, but bringing Peter Parker as we know him as lovable, charming Tom Holland into rated R Deadpool but then he has rated PG movies and is in the PG-13 Avengers, I mean you can really do anything, plus he's animated stuff which, up until that death, was actually in rated G territory Um, but if you're gonna kill people even if you don't see it, but you hear it in a brutal way Oh, yeah, that's a so. So now we're getting straight from comic book stuff with the panels. And I'm gonna shut up about the other thing for a second. All right, so here we are. We're about twenty nine and a half into the movie. I have it's hard to tell on Netflix. Maybe twenty nine forty. This is a very suicide squad slash Custom City Siren slash you know Arkham video game looking stuff on the street. There, you know, like so colorful that it's both pretty and scary. Here he's sneaking up in, in, you know, teenage Spider-Man fashion. Typical fashion. I forget, does Mahershala Mahershala become uh, a baddie in this? That would suck. Or is it his other guy that was... He was doing the graffiti before. The earthquake. Oh, right. So, so, right. So, like with the Avengers, everyone, you know... But on a smaller scale here, people experienced that first epic bout with uh peter parker in this universe um so i I was talking so much and not realizing it was chris pine or understanding what spider-man it was that's the only other negative really for me is is even when i was giving this movie my full attention i couldn't follow who was from where and when i guess it's not really the point Uh, It may have been part of the reason it made less money than it should as a Spider-Man movie, is that even though it's rated PG, it's much smarter and more complicated than most PG-13 movies, Marvel or otherwise. Um, Love the strong, you know, female mom figure for characters like this. That's a teenage one. It's very hard to make it work without without that. Um, At least one rock. Uh, USB drive always gets the job done, just like the Winter Soldier and uh, the Death Star plants. Oh, man. Um, okay, special report. Okay, so yes, so Spider Man is as famous in this universe as in our universe. So him dying would be a huge, huge, huge problem. Um, this, of course, does not require them to mention anything about the Avengers whatsoever, and so they can stick within what S- Sony owns without even having to make a nod to the MCU. And to be honest, th- there was ten percent of me when it looked like Tom Holland was gone for good at least for the near future as 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 Spidey back to Sony that was not happy but okay with it because you know. X-Men's my true love, and while the m- movies, the last couple in particular, have been very poorly received and rated, and arguably poorly made, the last couple X-Men movies, it's still a great cast, and I like the notion of them staying in their own universe, and I knew that if they came to Disney with Fox, they would certainly be pushed into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is already twofold. full Oh, there's Stan Lee, baby! I'm gonna miss him. Yeah, we're gonna miss you, Stan. Um, this, this might have been... I mean Stan always looks like he's having more and more fun with each appearance uh but this one in particular he must have really loved because it's animated and so it's like a live action comic book he'll you know, still need manages to to try try and be creepy but he just comes off as lovable old man um here we go with you know, origin story moving forward, you know, other Peter Parker before he died, realizing this kid's powers. And so the torch has been, you know, figuratively, if not literally passed. Now we've got the V for vendetta type thing where everyone's wearing the Spider-Man mask. And there's MJ with the beautiful red hair. Oh, Kirsten Dunst in the old days. God bless her. Yeah. Mary Jane is one of those. I'm only here to be a girlfriend characters usually. And so the fact that she's been compelling throughout the years and interesting is credit to the character, the writers. And of course, then the actress who's had to play her specifically Kirsten Dunst. And now I guess Zendaya, um, I don't even know if what names Zendaya it goes by, if she goes by Mary Jane or not. Um, so here, the origin story continues. And I remember watching this being like, I love everything so far, but it's still 30 plus minutes of origin stuff. And we don't have the full spider verse, but because of that amazing scene with the green goblin and, and Kingpin and the, you know, killing uh, of Chris Pines, Peter Parker, He's scared. He's walking down the stairs. Yeah, that was great. It's like if Neo just decided not to jump when Morpheus says, Free your mind. Here he goes. Free your mind, kid. Free your mind. Free your mind. Free your mind. This has to be a nod to the Free Your Mind scene where Neo tries to jump across and just after falls straight down to the earth. Does he make it? Oops. Nope. He trips over his shoelace. It goes straight down, just like Neo. But he hits enough things. To not go straight down. Uh, There's the ah text for the comic book. We see numbers. We see things breaking. I mean, you know, you almost have to unfocus your eyes for movies like this and watch it on smaller screens to see all the insanity that that goes on. And there's probably, I haven't even mentioned this, I'm sure there's actually... so b- people use the word subliminal a lot, but subliminal really means that it's physically too fast for you, you to process it. Here, there's a lot of stuff that happened quickly that if you watch a million times or slow it down, you can see. But there's actually probably some truly subliminal psych- psychological stuff going on. Um, so I guess what I'm saying: is if I can't give you the liminal Easter eggs or the partially subliminal Easter eggs, I definitely can't give you any of the behind the scenes stuff about stuff they snuck in. Um, there's a lot of debate about you know whether images that are too quick to process really affect you, like in Fight Club. That's a whole different story I'm sorry Mr. Parker right here's the doubt this is part of the hero's journey is is the doubt that you can't do it um, you know, in in Luke because Luke doesn't really begin his Jedi stuff until Empire. That it mostly happens in Empire. And one of the reasons many of us kids love Return of the Jedi is right from the beginning. Black suited Luke in Jabba's palace, even though things may have not gone completely according to plan. He's fully Luke. Even Yoda admits that he's become a Jedi from his own training. So the doubt, the doubt with Luke a- added to with Vader, obviously, and we'll see with the close relationship here of Miles Morales. Um, uh someone who betrays him i'm hoping he's not Marshal ali i can't remember okay so the senses are going off now this is peter b parker so i totally missed the important scene with the original spider bed played like you know with kingpin and green goblin and oh here's chris pont wait let's do this one last time my name is peter b parker Uh, Oh, this is a rehash of the beginning scene showing Spider-Man, but now it's Peter B. Parker and his verse that's partially from the comics. Oh, no, there was the Mary Jane kiss, but he doesn't have blonde hair, and so some of the things are happening the same as before and some not. You know all time loop stuff like John Connor and Terminator, or like with the Messiah complex in the Matrix, where there's Neos after Neos after Neos. Some happen stuff happens exactly the same, and some happen differently. But here he's crying, he's pathetic. That's a Deadpool shot, you know, like a Ryan Reynolds shot. His face, you know, pushed his butt up in bed. His face pushed, you know, buried in the sand. He's playing video games, watching television. You know, he's not with Mary Jane. So so which Peter Parker is this? I, 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 Paul Herman from Marvel Studios oh right, he's chubby, not as fat as Thor, but I did love this that he just let go of himself because things aren't going his way. So this is Jake Johnson. Uh, disheveled, jaded, brown-haired, 38-year-old counterpart of the hero from another dimension. Now trippy stuff's happening to him. For sure. Yeah, I knew Chris Pine was the one that died. This guy does a good job of telling similar Jake Johnson but differently. There he goes through the wormhole boom. So, you know, I mean, just to connect this to the Bizzlecast real quick, guys, is that I made a lot of predictions about Avengers Endgame. Not only that time travel was definitive... It was going to be the major part of the movie in a lot of ways, even when people were in denial about it or didn't believe it. And I got a lot of the sort of the time travel mechanics right about the quantum zone mixed with Doctor Strange's plan. I did, definitely did not call the way they went back to all their favorite places. I'm sorry, to all our favorite movies, uh, uh Just Whedon, The Guardians, The Thor movies, etc. Um, that that would be the method to get the time stones. But then we get to revisit in New Way all, all our favorite MCU movies from 2008 to Avengers in 2019 as they attempt to get the time stones. And now watching this after the fact, having rewatched Endgame, done the commentary, this is actually doing something very similar. And I think why uh, Spider-Man fans loved it so much is. If you, if, if you love a comic so much especially one that's as big as Batman, Superman, or Spider-Man, you're inevitably over you know 80 plus years going to get many different versions and it's not all going to make sense Like in some cases you're specifically told it's a different universe, but in some cases it's not a different universe, other than the writing is not consistent, so you have to work headcanon and, and the same way that X-Men with all their past, present, and future heroes and villains only works with some time travel and, and, and that's why you need cable and the X-Force and so forth, um, and the only way they could make the Thanos snap be reversed was through time travel, um, but if you're a true Spidey fan, all the Spider-Man comics, even if you like the different Peter Parkers and Miles Morales, as well as, you know, Spider-Woman or, slash Gwen Stacy, um, who I guess we don't see till towards the end in this. She's like Captain Marvel. She's set up to be like the lead new female character in the property. Everyone loves her, and then she doesn't come in until like five minutes before the end. Who cares? It just leaves you wanting more, and I'm sure, you know... Uh- interestingly you know I've been comparing Tom Holland to Haley Steinfeld just in the sense of you can tell from teen- their teenage years with one second on screen that they were huge stars in terms of acting talent and charisma um, but are only not even close to their ceilings and potential yet as great as they are so it's funny on many levels because I'm sure part of the this, this thing is I mean, let's put it this way I think part of the reason Sony and Marvel are coming back together is because Sony wants, her, wants Haley Steinfeld to be a huge part of Spider-Verse 2 which is going to take a huge leap in money because tons of people will have seen this on television and they're going to want to see the second one and it's not just the origin story and Spider-Man keeps getting more and more popular and famous as if that was possible so you know you've got Tom Holland going from Sony to to Marvel and back to Sony now back to Marvel they split it Haley Steinfeld hopefully is going to be Kate Bishop but she's also going to be playing Gwen Stacy in the Spider-Verse movies which they might already be spinning off on TV and or film that's something I don't know but this was inspired. It was inspired that uh, quote our our Spider-Man. Forget the MCU stuff, you know. Ooh, straight to black. For an extended you never see this in movies. I mean, this is straight to black for like 10-15 seconds. You never see this in films. It's, it gives us a chance to breathe here. Um so, you know, it's not that it's a sh- let's put it this way, it's not Tom Holland who dies in the voice of Chris Pine uh, with blonde Spidey, you know, 20 minutes ago when Kingpin snaps his, his head, his back or neck or whatever is going on. No, he ties up old fat Peter Parker, but it, it, in the prime Peter Parker verse of the comics, he dies, or at least in one of the prime, ver- Miles' ver- prime verse. But it does reflect the movies as well with the Mary Jane kiss and the Toby Maguire dance and so forth, as well as stuff that's going on in the comics. And that's what I was saying. If you're a true Spidey fan, that's part of the reason they, they loved it. And you would love it so much is because the same reason nerds love Solo is it seemed like the Solo movie was going to fail because it was too much fan service. But actually, the reason the Solo movie didn't do well other than marketing and timing reasons when it first came out is that it really had so much true fan service deep dive stuff that's even beyond my Star Wars nerdiness, that the big Star Wars fans, especially males from my generation, love the Solo movie. Now, it's gained gained traction over time, as we thought maybe it would, because it's a very, very good Star Wars movie. Um, But again, I think the reason this movie made quote-unquote only 390, um, it's partially because some parents didn't know what to do with it, despite the rating. It it looks super trippy, like it could be ultra-violent. We saw it with Chris Pine's death. Um, What I'm saying is, this is just so fun, it's hard not to watch, these two get to know each other, and, you know, and and the key, obviously, which I'll get back to, is that I always like this mechanism where it's the younger, idealistic one who brings the old, bitter, cynical one back to things, and, it's, guys, that's exactly what Tom Holland as Peter Parker did to Tony Stark's Iron Man in the Spider-Man Avengers and Iron Man stuff, um, and as I've said, uh, he's locking up walls, as I've said, the, this the key to the Success and love of Tom Holland in the MCU and the anger when he was temporarily out of it had less to do with his movies being great because, you know people could still see Grey's Odomen movies potentially in Sony even though it hadn't been happening in a while but it still could potentially happen but that he became so ensconced with the Avengers characters and universe in general but specifically humanizing Tony Stark long before he got back together with Pepper Potts uh, and had a kid five years in the future during the events of Endgame in fact he was specifically broken up with Pepper Potts and his head was completely lost and all over the place both starting with Civil War and then Homecoming in 2016 you know Peter Parker and his love for the kid as an adoptive son and sort of vice versa adoptive father was really what humanized Tony Stark which makes it so heartbreaking um, what happens in both of the final Avengers movies you know um, for ver- for different reasons and some similar reasons right so this is the whole the city's gonna die um, you know it's a it is pretty amazing you know I mean, we now have Spider-Man: Far From Home, and the uh, Christian Bale Spider-Man movies in particular. He was always overseas at least once. You know, he starts overseas with Raza Golden and Batman begins. He goes to the the Asian accountant who works for the mob, steals him uh, in, in the dead of night from Hong Kong. I'm good at calculations, guy. Um, and then, of course, gets thrown in the pit by Bane, which I, g- I guess is somewhere near the vaguely Asian steps environment of, of al Ghul, Liam Neeson stuff at the beginning of Batman Begins. Point is, Batman still spends most of the time in Gotham. In the movies, he's left Gotham, but in 80 years of comics, Spider-Man and Batman almost never ever leave Gotham. And so they need to be larger than life heroes that you could think could, in, Batman's case, not only be a part of something like the Justice League, but be a leader with people like Aquaman, and Wonder Woman, and The Flash who are on paper much more powerful and he could be in and hang and be a leader with the Justice League as Batman, so too do you need to believe that Spider-Man and the t- big team of movies, Civil War, especially the Avengers films, um, what we've gotten going forward, he can hang with them nevertheless, it would still be mostly dedicated to saving their city. Now New York being the largest city in the US and, and sort of culturally the most um, uh, diverse and important you know and Gotham sort of being the the made up ver- darker but but you know similar version of that in the DC universe and it makes sense that those places need at least one you know a level superhero to keep things in check and we wish we had a spidey or a batman in our world we don't as far as we know um, and of course you know in this being another origin story and we're still doing origin story stuff and now we're even getting the cheesy 80s music no, it's no on the cape. That's great. He wants to, he wants a cape. An older Spider-Man. It's like, if I, I may be, you know, beaten up, beaten down, fat, bitter, but I know one thing. Spider-Man does not wear a cape. That was great. So, we're getting the moving Spidey eyes, which make no sense, but everyone's wanted and we haven't gotten. Also, in addition to the Tom Holland Spider-Man is the movie Spidey eyes of the costume, which Deadpool, of course, takes from and, and made amazing. Um, it, so, in the movies, actually, I guess we've got Deadpool doing the Spidey mo- moving Spidey eyes before we got Spidey doing the moving Spidey eyes in, in Homecoming and Forward or, or Civil War. That was close. Um, now, of course, the more handmade costume for now of Miles Morales, which will change and get upgraded and look different, of course, uh, both here and in the comics, we still have the sort of handmade uh, version, um, but I think it was important early on that while Peter Parker is much more advanced, despite his you know cynicism and and potato couch potato couchiness um, potato couchiness of Peter B Parker, uh, but that the, but that the colors were similar um, early on before Miles Morales had his own identity because he is living in the shadow of the dead Chris Pine, which passed him the mantle. I think I never wrapped up the thought earlier. Here's more thought bubbles right on screen. I mean, this is great. If you're a comic book fan, this is what you've always wanted to see in some ways. Um, although they have in some movies, you you know, done thought bubbles. I don't know. Has Deadpool done it in two movies? I mean, it's so almost overly loyal to comic books is Deadpool, which is great. And it works for the regular audience, obviously, because everyone loves Deadpool. It makes a ton of money. Um, twice what this made you know both did pull movies um but it would would, you know let's put it this way this movie came out less than two years ago so any movies in anything in dc or marvel or comic book movies or otherwise since this had already been made or being made actively there's lily tomlin looking like lily tomlin i guess playing at, at may uh, there's, I, I just love I mean Kingpin's even more over the top than in, in his comic book interpretations where he's so over the top what's his suit size like 60 extra 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 husky extra, extra 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 long um, so you know even though we have some Mahershala Ali stuff you know this is a father son story between uh, the old spider man whose life didn't go the way he wanted In his universe. So he kind of was quote unquote dead. In terms of not fully living. Well, at the same time. The actual Spider-Man who was still killing it. As Peter Parker doing great things. For trying to help people in this universe died. And so I guess. The thought I keep trying to get to is. This movie both tries to reconcile all of the bizarre canon of the different Spider-Mans over the years, but also says, screw it, what you know, I'm always saying, which is, it's like Logan. It's like, people try to make Logan work in past and, and future X-Men movies. I think that's its own pocket. You know, we know he was definitely that Logan in the movie, Logan, the Wolverine had lived through X1, X2, you know, Days of Future Past because he had memories of Jean Grey and, and, and uh, you know, Famke Jensen and so forth. But I still think that was a dead end, quote unquote, or at least a different branch that's not going to lead into what I think is the X Force Deadpool verse, or whatever you want to call it, the X Force verse, uh, going forward. Hopefully, with Deadpool Domino uh, and and so forth. Here, they they're they're just you know. They're saying, guys, not only is it just easier to just accept that there's a million infinite universes, but that's actually how science works, and you don't have to work so hard on your headcanon to make things make sense if we just use the multiverse, and that's actually one of the things DC has done better, is to is to just openly say, okay, we want to do a different Flash. Oh, look at the belly. We want to do a different Flash. We want a different Superman. And so we're, you know, like Supergirl on TV. So we're just going to put it on another world. And maybe there's travel between worlds. Maybe there's not. You know, Marvel's more, obs- in the past, has been more obsessed with continuity. Um, but, you know, them sending a message of some sort here about screw continuity with the Peter Parker that we know getting murdered early on. Uh, and then the Peter Parker... That we get actually spend time with in this movie, Peter B. Parker being out of shape, you know, looking very different, and and even acting way different than any portrayal we've seen before. I mean, Deadpool might be ultra violent and horribly profane, but once he decides that he's going to start killing bad guys and helping good guys even though he might enjoy the killing a little too much, his his, his mind in a weird Deadpool way is, is somewhat straight, especially in Deadpool 2 where he just wants to help Ricky, the, you know, played by Julie, uh, Ricky, Julian Dennison's character. Um, I forget his name in in, uh, in Deadpool 2. Um, and so this here is, yeah, it's a father-son story of... Um, <laughs> a little reminiscent of Emma Thompson's hippie, uh, hippie nerd teacher. Okay, it's not anime. Uh uh we get female octopus. Uh, uh doc doc oc. Uh this is awesome. My friends actually call me Liv. My friend my enemies call me Doc Ock. Catherine Hahn as who's playing this character? Stealing computers? We know Spider-Man likes to steal computers or Peter Parker I should say. So what they do really well in this, as we're about a little under halfway through, um, is I was saying when we were about Oh yeah, there's Helly Steinfeld, aka Gwen's Daisy, baby. Um it seems like the origin story is going on almost too long into like the 40-minute mark, but then immediately they have to stop informal training. It's like Neo. It's like they try and train Neo for a few days, and then immediately they to go to the Oracle, and then, and then almost everyone dies, and so he has to become Neo much more quickly than he or anyone thought was possible. Certainly, Morpheus thought it was, maybe it was possible, but not Neo. Here, both of these guys, the young guy and the old guy, have to start believing in themselves and believing in each other. It's a very sweet story. Um, and, you know, having the the Chris Pine, you know, perfectly cut, always do the right thing, uh-oh, lots of guns, a PG movie, scientists holding guns at two Spider-Mans, um, now we got shaky cam, we got lasers in this universe, gotta love it, gotta love it. I had actually thought this might be sort of futuristic um... Well, sort of a mix of of old noir with some futurism in this. And that is sort of what happens. We'll see the noir stuff with Nicolas Cage for sure. Here he does his first big fall and he catches himself and then falls. Uh, But he caught himself enough to to land safely on the snow. More blue lasers. Um, I don't really much to say about Haley Steinfeld, other than while I loved her performance, she seemed to be in it not very much, especially because everyone was raving about her, men and women, old school, new school, and otherwise, was raving about her as Gwen Stacy going into this film, and she was raving about her just loving being a part and thankful for being a part of this film. Big famous Haley Steinfeld, who's done numerous movies that made more money than this, especially in including the Bumblebee movie. In future, Lead Avenger was extremely proud to be a part of this, and you can see why, even if it was on a small level and goddamn, when she comes in, her costume as Spider-Woman looks amazing, and uh, I keep trying to get to you guys, my nephews, I mention this all the time, like all little kids, at least in this part of the, the world, all love Spider-Man, even before they know what the hell Spider-Man is, and can even say his name, they finally can say Spider-Man, before it was Spider-Man, 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 um, and so I just bring Spider-Man Legos, and build them, and just play with them, and, and they absolutely love it, I mean, you know, kids love the look, and Spider-Man, they just get out neatly how cool it is, um, I was going to say in the Spider-Man video game well, also, Sony also t- 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 hit out of the park as a PlayStation exclusive being Sony uh, as one of their many great exclusives in the PlayStation 4 and sold a ton of copies only second to Uncharted of course you know Tom Holland uh oh multiverse stuff Uh, Tom Holland of course is now going to be the lead in Uncharted and Spider-Man which is the top two selling games of the PS4 but in the Spider-Man game I-, I believe Mary Jane has more agency and kicks some butt like she's a reporter but she actually does some butt kicking I remember some of the the nerds that I follow online and sort of the Dodger Jesse Cox verse, the completionist, Alex Fassiani, etc. Um they all love the Spider Man game. Um and the, you know, they're old school Spider Man fans a lot of them. Uh and they in addition to raving about the game, oh yeah, baby. Is this is this it? Is this Gwen Stacy? Yes. So anyway, the game was supposed to be great, and that was part of the calculation for them leaving Marvel. Oh, she shows herself off right away. Um, but anyways, back to my nephews. They love, they know nothing about who Gwen Stacy or Spider-Woman is, but they love her already. Why? Because her costume is freaking awesome. And it's clearly, looks, up. here's, here it is. Oh, here's the Gwen Stacy story. I was bitten by radioactive spider. Uh, the one and only Spider-Woman. Oh, she, she's also from another dimension. I joined a band. Yep, a musician. Save my dad I don't know what canon this is But it's great So in her universe Peter Parker was her best friend But she's the spider person That's what's so great It's not like this feminist Oh women are better Or spider women's cooler No In her universe She just happened to be the one To take on the mantle but her costume's amazing, and so and my nephews are smart enough to, to note that her, like and they also love the Black Miles Morales Spider-Man big time, because they can tell it's related to Spider-Man, so all the cool costumes related to Spider-Man, they don't care if it's male or female, they don't even know, they'll figure it out one day, when they finally watch Spider-Verse, hopefully sooner rather than later oh man, what a great design, she's wearing bright green shoes, at landed in New York so she also goes through the portal so, you know this movie's almost too smart for a lot of audiences and I miss it during the commentary everything that went on during the Chris Pine thing oh no but she was already at school before the Chris Pine event so there's something about this universe that is almost like a nexus of all the spider or just universes in general where, where people are coming in and out and it makes it interesting because I don't think this kingpin ends up being from another universe in the multiverse oh here's Things going to shit for uh for kingpin um uh, yeah this is awesome fighting this is imp- straight up impressionism uh, so the sort of mix of hand-drawn and the shaky lines it looks a little bit like waking life or Scandard Darkly, but we also see some of this in the animatrix as well and uh, what i keep meaning to say one of the brilliant things that i knew was the case but was made was done perfectly um is that is that not only are the characters are so distinct looking, but it, each lead character, good and bad, has their own animation style related to the comics, but also their character in this movie as well. And so that anime, that what I just described, is impressionistic um, stuff that looked, you know, again like wake, waking life mixed with some animatrix uh, uh, pencil, two D, three D stuff. I don't know how else to describe it. it. Was specifically the animation style for the mind and experience of the Kingpin. Right, and so this is exactly mirroring Endgame. I wonder if this was part of the equation too, is now that everyone knows about the multiverse, they would have used it to bring back all the people they've lost. Which, of course, it completely you know, everyone's ignoring the fact that Gamora comes back no problem after a very sad death scene in Infinity War, and now Nat's gone, and Tony's gone, but we can't bring them back, because they made a sacrifice. It makes zero sense. It makes absolute zero sense. And I wonder if Natasha's growing popularity post her death it was already a loved character. Here's, here's Miles and Gwen being cute together. Like I, said, I have nothing to say about Haley um, other than I love her, as you guys know, as an actress. I was thrilled that she was involved in this and equally or more thrilled that people loved her character performance and wanted to see more. Amazing costume, great character. Um, and again, like the race stuff, you could have men and women just fighting together um, without talking about it. And the real connection here with Creed, which performed way better here than overseas, because uh, old Peter Parker, loves seeing the young love, um, you know, Creed performed way better here than overseas, because Rocky is an American property, and Star Wars, for all the money it makes, doesn't matter if it makes $500 million or $2 billion, um, the majority of that money, literally over 50% of, of it, is always from the States, because it's an American property. And so, while the Spider-Man movies the original ones original three and then two amazings um ma- continue to make decent money overseas the money literally went down in each of the first five spider-man movies domestically and only started going up um recently with uh with far from home and far from home you know if you ignore inflation you know almost beat the original spider-man as the highest grossing spider-man ever and uh worldwide beat it significantly um and that's a testament to marvel and tom holland and yes sony too when they were getting along luckily it was only three weeks of them being (laughs) up their own asses before they realized they needed to be productively up each other's asses with the character of spider-man and tom holland there's a lot of people's favorite character and they don't want to deal with corporate bullshit they just want spider-man in his own movies and definitely in the avengers all right here we go So, there was an Aunt May moment a little while ago, I guess, that I missed. Aww. Right, so this is what you do in these movies. A little over halfway done. Everything's been bad, bad, bad. Bad guys winning. Weird stuff happening. Now good guys gonna do some stuff. Alright, here we go. Yeah, okay. So, Gwen thinks is in this more than I thought. This is just my female... A badass female obsession thing like when I first saw the endgame I was almost insulted with it seemingly how little screen time Natasha got in general but especially her death and then them not mourning it of course on subsequent watching I realized that you know she almost stole the movie to Scarlett Johansson and her death was not only way cooler but the mourning of her way longer um and only halfway through the movie, before we get all the other crazy Spider-Men from the past, here we're getting the costumes, you know, this is more nerd stuff. Nerds love this stuff. But so do the kids, like my nephews, I cannot wait for them to watch this. Now that looks, that side look there, even though they their, their hair and stuff look nothing alike, it does appear they maybe are modeling at least the eyes on time Steinfeld. I could be wrong. I never know when the casting happens in these process, uh, casting happens in these processes in the process of making a movie. Uh, so anyway, yeah, so that's just a me thing. So Gwen's in a lot longer. She's already on the team. we got like 45 minutes left to go. We're about to hit the final act. You might need these name tags. Uh-oh, they're all tingling. That's so cool. They all have Spidey sense. In all universes, there's a the Spider-Man. At least one, and they get bitten, and that's that's how you... Uh, oh, yeah, here's the Cage. Where's the wind coming from? We're in a basement. Wherever I go, the wind follows. Uh, here comes a self-referential humor. The wind, it smells like rain. Oh, oh we got anime, Spider-Girl. This, this is great. I saw this with my friend Gabriel. He specifically hates Spider-Pig and a couple of these characters. But for me, I'm like, the weirder the better. Here's Spider-Ham or Spider-Pig. Whatever he's called. I guess he's too Looney tunish Maybe for the purist is what's going on. Um... Oh, yeah, so we get the Spider-Man comics. Right. So now we're so used to getting different variations of the origin story, and now they throw out like a dozen completely different origin stories at once, and it doesn't even matter. We know that he's, you know, this is the noir Spider-Man. That's all you need to know. I still don't know what his actual Spider-Man name is. Spider-Man Noir, he's called uh, in the credits, obviously. Um. And the you know straight up annoying but still cute anime girl Spider Bat. I'm not sure what she's called. Here's Spider Ham, Spider Man Ham, Spider Ham, Spider Ham. I, I I eat some Spider Ham. Uh oh, I tell the guy. Okay, enough. Right, that's actually self-referential again of telling the movie from our brains. Enough origin stories. We get it. You're from different universes. Uh, That's why each one gets faster. The second, the Peter B. Parker is almost exactly the same as peter a parker and peter b parker goes quicker when stacy is l- just long enough and then these speed through and now we've got a whole team we got a whole avengers it's the avengers of spider-man um and paul herman uh, uh, f- again uh, my friend who does some marvel news podcast him and John gerber but paul, Her- uh, either paul or sean said it, it was th- the experience of this uh, them both being big spider-man guys especially paul but sean too was most similar to seeing the Avengers for the first time where the hype was insane. Um, and you know, it seemed like it was going to the best thing ever of this format. Oh, there's Gwen Stacy looking awesome. There's anime girl looking looking awesome. Who are you again? This is miles. He's going to save the multiverse, right? This is, he's, he's the Luke Skywalker. Not me, not me. I'm past my time. You're the guy. Oh, this is the trying to do it on command thing, like the Hulk. You can't do it, right? Hulk can't. quote unquote, keeps having trouble getting it up uh, until the final Avengers moving. But but yeah. So anyway, so both those guys described this as an Avengers experience. Obviously, it was less profile, made you know a fifth of the money. Who cares? Artistically, it's going to be just as influential. Now, okay. So. So Gwen Stacy is on purpose looks the most like Miles, like a modern on-screen character, but it's still not fully 3D, and there's tons of hand-drawing stuff. This is great. I mean, you know, I'm not one of those guys who loves Nicolas Cage because, and especially his bad movies, I don't like bad movies in general, I'm not the guy who watches movies that are so bad they're good. Maybe Terminator Genesis falls in that category, but not many. But with Nick Cage Kills, like an adaptation, which is one of the best performances ever when he plays himself and Charlie Kaufman and Charlie Kaufman's you know fictional brother or whatever, semi-fictional. So again, here's where the movie starts moving at Pixar level pace. But because it serves a plot and character purpose, it's like when it's like when the Creed training scenes get faster and faster and faster, and you know I'm constantly making the difference between superhero movies and comic book movies because to me both the Martian and Creed, which came out right after one, one after another in late 2015 when the Bizzle Castle was just getting going, in both cases. Mark Watney, and The Martian, and Adonis Creed, and Creed, as well as Tessa Thompson, I I would argue, as as Rock, and of course, Sly Stallone. I mean, these are all what I would consider superheroes in terms of the genre. The Creed story is such a superhero movie that Disney immediately gave Ryan Coogler not only the direction... In writing of the black panther movie which is their most important movie more than even the avengers films it, it is made more domestically than anything that's not the final avengers movie wakanda forever the first one's out of the portals when the reverse snap happens um they give it to 26 year old named ryan coogler because not only was creed amazing it should have won all the awards uh and also turn might could be Jordan from sort of a cult superstar to a mainstream superstar if you had not already. Oh here's Aaron Davis thing. Um but that it was it was exactly the superhero tale with the ups and downs and the peaks and valleys that we're used to in Avengers movies. And that's why Black Panther, for all its Black Pantherness, all its Wakanda and all its fucking brilliant, amazing Africanness, and I was waiting for it, one of my first predictions, but it came even more true in terms of its success and how much it was loved across the culture, more than I could have imagined, in my wildest hopes. Um, the same way Spider-Man fans wanted to love this ahead of time, but were nervous that it would be another train wreck that was even bigger from Sony, because you screwed this up. Um, And to loop it back around, this is the Avengers of Spider-Man. So if you really love the... And that's the thing I cared about the least. What I do love is just that it's a giant team-up movie, and I don't even care that these are different Spider-Men because they act and look so different in their universes, which is sort of the point. Um, Whoa, those definitely look like the gloves of embodied Sauron at the beginning of Fellowship. Like 100%. I'm um, definitely, despite the the hype of this of this movie, being a little affecting in a negative way. I, I mean, so I, I probably didn't see it until it's third or fourth week, when, when I'm like finally like, okay, everyone loves this. I got to see it. It's Stanley Steinfeld, Mahershala Ali, in very cool-looking animation. I know it's going to make me a little nauseous in terms of the speed, but I'm hoping the artwork and the performances can overcome that. And uh, as you can hear so far, they do. It's just even scary, and again, in PG-13, a PG movie. People forget harry potter didn't stop being pg after the first two when they were kids they still got a pg rating somehow with alfonso cordon's extremely dark and scary prisoner of azkaban you watch it you're like oh this is hard pg 13 nope pg not right here's his 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 bad mentor revealing himself to be the bad guy that he is Yeah, I remember just not being invested in this relationship to feel like it was such a betrayal, but the music is over the top in the best ways and just seeing Miles Morales facial work oh and that's the thing people loved about Miles and definitely Gwen Stacy is yes the voice actors are amazing but the face work that those characters were able to do which is so important like the best animated stuff like Batman the Animated Series is you can't just have dialogue all the time you have to have stuff conveyed through the face like in good movies and a television show but it's extra hard to do obviously when you're dealing with fake stuff so you know the the eight or nine anime shorts in the amazing animatrix, which are you know arguably better than anything other than the original Matrix, and maybe even more cool because the movies are so based on anime and mangas and so forth. Each of them are a different style. Um, up in the eight or nine animatrix. Um, well, and here is the slow mo with you know with cars crashing. Speaking of the Matrix. Yeah, there's more Matrix influence in this than I remember, as well as the colorful weirdness of DC to uh, DC as well. Um, But, uh, where's I going with that? Who's this bad guy? Who's the bad guy? I don't know who the bad guy is. Is Uncle Ant. Oh, Uncle Ant. Alright, Uncle. I'm sorry. I'm an idiot. uncle aaron jefferson davis uh, yeah i'm confused who's playing Hale? Who. oh here we go right so as i was saying earlier i'm not the guy who loves the bad nick cage movies but i'm also the guy who loves certain nick cage performances my dad can't stand them um and it's for me well you know haley was as great as advertised in the kid who plays miles is perfect and, and jack johnson as peter b parker absolutely nails the sort of Lebowski-esque, you know, Peter Parker, was, now we're getting shaky cam from the perspective of Miles, like he's losing his mind, he's hunched over, he looks scared, oh, oh there's Spidey, this and this, I loved, oh, they all have Spidey senses, here we go, baby, seven different, the Avengers of Spider-Man, oh, here comes Doc Ock, no, you can't kill that May, here she is, here she is, oh, Zoe Kravitz was Mary Jane's voice, that is very interesting, yeah. uh-oh, this guy, looks like Colossus, Speaking of orcs in Middle Earth. But uh, the MVP of this, knowing that there's going to be a bunch of spider man in terms of performance, for sure is Nick Cage as Spider-Man Noir. And not just because Spider-Man, like Batman, works maybe best in Noir. I mean, Batman definitely works best in Noir. And I think what we're getting in the new Matt Reeves movie with Sen is Detective, you know, specifically Detective Batman. Okay, so now we're getting the anime stuff right. This is straight from Dragon Ball Z or, or, or Pokemon oh yeah now she's in the this is a, i mean you know j- the japanese love r- robots and all their all their art and media but you know they're, they're a big part of ghost in the shell and other things speaking of influences on, on in the matrix oh yeah here we're following uh, 3d we're following gwen stacy uh the spider sense so yeah i love you've got all these spider man who look different talk for different but they all have spidey sense that, that's, like, more than the climbing and the swinging in the web. I think the Spidey sense is the one thing you must have to be Spider-Man. Oh, uh, he's watching Peter B. get nailed. He picks up the chip, and what's he gonna do? Boom. You gotta go. So... Oh man, now, so I was gonna say, the Animatrix has tons of different styles of animation, and they've basically all been represented in their own ways here. I'm not saying they're copying it, it's been many years in the Animatrix. And, you know, Phil Lord, who's a famous director on the younger side, who who wrote, who was the main writer on this, I know for sure those guys are, are super nerds and would, would be familiar, something like the Animatrix. I mean, this stuff looks like nothing we've ever seen. Um, But whenever there's sort of side-scrolling running, and it gets very pencil-y and kind of outlined or impressionistic, as I was saying uh, earlier with the Kingpin's flashbacks, um, it's very reminiscent of a couple of uh, particularly affecting, beautiful, and at the time never been seen animation um, in the Animatrix. No one would love to run. Is this the I Am Neo thing? Or I Am Iron Man? Miles? Oh, he didn't know it was Miles. Yeah, it was Maharshala who's the bad guy. I just, I would have recognized Maharshala's voice immediately. I just actually had this low almost the whole time because I knew I'd be spewing tons of thoughts even without trying to do a play by play. I think I warned people in the intro or the pre intro that I was not going to do a play by play, but. Oh man, those gloves are straight from Sauron. Gunshot. Oh man, who blows him away? He's a bad guy. Tried to kill the Spider-Mans, including Miles. Oh, Kingpin nails him. Yeah, it is it's pretty great. Whether you watch Daredevil or not, if you know the comics, having Kingpin be the bat who's, you know, the ultimate ground level evil guy. Yes he's brilliant and powerful within New York, but I don't think his brain can even comprehend actually no, he does realize there must be multiverse stuff going on. Kingpin um, is of course voiced by Leif Schreiber God bless him I love Leif Schreiber It's awesome I do want to mention uh, That while there are many artists have Done great Spider-Man stuff over the years Stanley, Steve Dicko, um, For Spider-Man And Brian Michael Bendis And Sarah Pacelli in particular For Miles Morales are cited And I know that the Brian Michael Bendis and Miles Morales um is somewhat classic it may be definitive i wanted you to look up to me right here's the dying of the bad guy who's not the ultimate bad guy now is this was he a bad guy in sort of the D'Onofrio sense of like he controls everything until he black like the joker he blackmails everyone into doing what he wants they don't really want to be bad guys or is this i'm dying and i just realized i made a bad mistake because i almost killed the one thing i love in this world doesn't really matter you know, again, this movie's so confusing so much going on, unless you watch it a ton and or know, ton, know a ton about Spidey. By the way, this is our first like not moving shot and calm down in the images and music for the final time. I think I get thrown off because the policeman, you know, who's his real family, uh has started the build of of Mahershala and barely speaks. Yeah. For a movie that moves so fast, it has to give some exposition. There's, uh, man. Now, the good guy is going to be scared of Spider-Man. Because people don't know what to do with vigilantes. How did he get the invisibility suit, by the way? Is that a Malice Morales thing? Is he like a cloaking device? I don't know. So, what happened to Shamik Moore? Or what is happening? Does he have a future? Seems like he does. Voice of Malice Morales. Uh, yeah, so he has, he, he, you got feelings from this part, you know, they, we're family, even though that guy turned out to be a bad guy. Okay, so Mick so Moore is way older than you think. He's almost 25. No, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, this is the temper tantrum, but it's a mature temper tantrum. This is what, what adult would respond to. Just briefly destroy stuff and then get your head together. Um, born May 4th, 1995 in Atlanta, Georgia. So, even recording this, he was at least 20. Um, oh, there's a TV series called Wu-Tang, an American, what, saga? Are he, he's in it as a regular? Oh, I gotta check this out. And he's got a TV movie and at least two, uh, features in post-production. Um, so we'll have to see about that. Uh, right, everybody lost someone. My my best friend, who is Peter Parker. Oh, okay. The point I was going to make earlier is, other than this movie, it's mostly Star Wars movies that, you know, do much better and are much more important here than overseas. Even though most spider movies, because they're Marvel movies now, are killing overseas... This is a very American portrayal, obviously being Miles Morales and all the American references and being mostly marketed and distributed in this country on purpose, um, given their limited budget, I believe of $90 million for everything, which is not a lot. This is adorable, them all on the ceiling. And nope, bad job hiding. Um, and this the connection is, you know, who's the lead the original Star Wars? Uh, you know, I mean, Carrie Fisher's one of the big three in some ways. Princess Leia is what it's about even if Han it seems like it's about Luke and it seems like the audience experience of oh, She's Leaf is about Han Solo who they love but Leia's really the one in charge and who's good at everything Ray and Jin are clearly the stars of their movies in Star Wars and so you know I guess what I'm saying is for all the sexist problems in this country and there are a lot movies that have strong female characters including Wakanda percentage wise do way better in this country you know whereas Aquaman Let's put it this way. Black Panther made a ton of money here and overseas. It was still mostly in the U.S. You know, Aquaman actually did just okay on the budget in the U.S. but made a ton of money overseas. You know, some big, broad, colorful, male-dominated roles... Um, tend to do better overseas and that's why wonder woman did so amazing in this country it spoke to the the politics of the country and while not at all a manifesto on, on feminism is this particular uh, movie nevertheless the portrayal of gwen stacy as just a normal but smart capable and interesting young woman in you know 2015 or 2020 or whatever oh, there she is she didn't truly leave oh they just they knew they had to leave to let the that this father-son thing happened, and they're all sticking on the wall. Um, Yeah, look. Haley Seinfeld is gorgeous, but she looks like Girl Next Door, no matter what. And that's why girls, people, but especially girls, relate to her. Her most famous song that made her into a real pop star is called Most Girls. And it's not a cynical song that most girls suck or most girls do this. It's that she wants to be most girls. She thinks most girls are great. It's such a positive message. Um, And... So, but Halle Stonfield can be complicated, funny, insecure, even make bad decisions like in Edge of 17, really bad decisions, and her characters, she's making great decisions in real life, but she was able to complexify Gwen Stacy here, just by being herself, and doing Gwen Stacy stuff, (laughs) if that made any sense. Why did they tie up Peter? Because he's going to try and get revenge or something? Yep. Yeah, not what this commentary is about, guys. Not what this commentary is about? Still trying to figure out what's going on. Nah, is it your dad? Okay, so is this is actual dad. I wasn't sure the actual relationship. Hmm. Uh All right, this is the sharing, the sharing of information. You know, he's trying. To, the thing is, Miles uh, yeah understands it better than him. But this is what a dad do. Yeah, Brian Tyree Henry. Want to look him up. Call me when you can. So he's also in Eternals, which is Marvel. Cinematic Universe Property? He's in a lot, this this guy. He's in the I mean they're not all big roles, but he's been in a lot and he's in a lot coming up. Um is Fastos a big character? Let me see. Pretty big. Yeah, he's in the top 7 to 10 listed for the Internals, which is a big team, which I still know nothing about other than Angelina Jolie and Richard Madden and Kit Harington and all Hayek. I mean, I can not love it. I already, it came, Kumail Nanjiani. I'll watch anything. Marvel just cast all my favorite actors, so I'm going to watch anything because the actors are so fucking good. I guess my disappointment was that I thought the way Aquaman was definitely billed as Aquaman but Mira in the actual movie from what I understand has a huge part and is just as important the same way Jessica Henwick as Colleen Wing is just as important in the Iron Fist duo as as the Iron Fist himself of course she becomes the Iron Fist spoiler alert Um, I thought maybe they were going to be buddy partners the whole time this is actually more interesting and you know I think they were thinking they'd do well enough and be acclaimed enough I mean, the acclaim seems obvious as you're making this movie, right? It's like making an un- Uncharted or The Last of Us or whatever, the God of War, you know, or Zelda, you know, game. You, you know it's going to get one of the best of the year, one of the best ever things. Uh, it took you long enough. Now, just like Creed, you think there's going to be hip-hop all over Creed and Black Panther, and there is, but Ludwig Gornson, who did not score this, but he did score Creed and Black Panther... Um, and is going to be scoring The Mandalorian, knows exactly when to drop the hip-hop. And it's usually during training scenes. Um, or let's, let's put it this way. It's during the earliest out... Al- oh, here comes the Miles Morales black costume! I got this Lego for from, from my nephews. They love it. Like I said, they love Miles Morales costume. They love Spider-Woman costume. They, anything Spider-Man that looks cool, they're into it. So, uh, yeah, I'm not going to lie. My nephew's loving Spider-Man for a young age. Oh man, this is beautiful. See, that's the thing. For all the crazy animation, when the big shit, this is like dropping the hip hop music at the right time, it is, and we are seeing the panel stuff and some comic book stuff, but now it's more, you know, cinematic, quote unquote, in a live action sense, in terms of spinning the camera, doing shaky cam at certain times you know, not really doing anything impressionistic. This is the most sort of photorealistic by far in the whole thing. This is definitely way more 3D, but they have the cars and people spin by him that that are 2D in the background and foreground. And so it's, you know, it's just beautiful. There's not even a a, a Moff Tarkin moment like in in Rogue One, which I didn't mind, but if you're my age and have ever played video games, you know immediately that that's not, you know, the real Tarkin. Um, even though a lot of people were fooled by it, who, who, who didn't know what's going, who much older, didn't know what's going on. You know, I'm always joking about CGI Thor, CGI Cap. It's increasingly easier as the technology gets better. It's increasingly harder to tell, but I can still tell. This is obviously a fully animated movie, but there's no 3D animate. Like, even right here, because of, of, of the, herky-jerky way the characters are moving and they're so differently animated they can get away with some 3d shots you know the building in the background is 3d the painting or the mat i should say of of new york at large okay this is your your red carpet thing now you got all the spideys doing all the swinging all the stuff yeah baby I mean, the fact that part of the love by nerds of Gwen Stacy in this is her costume, both in the comics and how beautifully it was realized here, Um, and that's totally fine. But Haley was mentioned as a standout in terms of her voice. You know, Miles is supposed to be the everyman. That's kind of the point. And that's why Tom Holland works so well is because, okay, yes, he's extremely dashing and charming and good-looking for a young man. It's Tom Holland, and the ladies love him, and the men love him, but he's also an everyman. Oh, so now Peter Parker Peter B. Parker is seeing MJ in the new universe. Yeah, this is like the opposite of Thor in Endgame where he chickens out both from his mom and Natalie Portman. There yeah. There she is. Okay. Okay, so this is this has gotta be Kravitz. Because I don't know if we we briefly hear the other Mary Jane or is she playing both Mary Jane's? I wasn't there for you when you needed me. Right. He's unloading onto this poor woman who is Mary Jane. Uh, yeah. Gwen Stacy. That's the thing. It's life it had nothing to do with that. that look of horrible embarrassment standing behind him watching him admit his feelings to someone who has no idea what he's talking about because he's from a different universe. But you know somehow and i don't know these other actors as well but the same way they played to chris pine's personality with the clean cut but complex and smart uh you know peter peter parker blonde peter parker who dies earlier that you know and miles seems like a very personal portrayal they're definitely playing to the 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 cute awkward humor of Helen steinfeld and her character where she's both very smooth and very awkward at the same time and no one can do that like Steinfeld. And even though she's super-powered here, you know, just like Jennifer Lawrence always has to be kind of a mess in, at some level in all her movies just for the truth truthiness of the whole thing. All right, so now we're doing straight-up anime. Kingpin, the people in the studio, uh, this is straight-up Ghost... I mean, this right here is straight from the Ghost in the Shell mangas. Not the cartoons, the, the mangas, the man-machine interface and so forth. And that's ultimately why I loved it. And the Avengers. We got the Avengers. I mean, here we go. This is... I mean Because they're so different They're not Spider-Man They're Spider-Man-esque And that's cool enough But they're the fucking Avengers right now I forget how this movie ends If and how they go back To their Their individual places Stay behind Oh So they have to go back Into the, mul- the multiverse machine the goober i'll blow it up spidey spidey talking about goob and, and explosives yeah there's there's spider sense going on all over the place it's just looking like a animated version of a microwave or something it's hilarious so yeah okay is this stuff right here that looks like a trippy version of the inside of a computer straight from um Shiro Miasume, or misamune I always forget how to pronounce his name, the Ghost in the Shell creator. Specifically, the comic books, a.k.a. mangas, graphic novels, that have been translated, the big ones. Uh, In fact, the anime girl, the anime Spider-Man, is more similar to, like, Dragon Ball Z and sort of anime portrayals in the West, which is cool, and done on purpose. This is actually what sort of modern... Oh, she's punching herself. How's that happening? Here's Gwen Stacy, meet a badass. And and look to bring it all around. They may have not signed the contract yet. I was hoping it would be signed. It seems like Haley is going to sign something with Marvel. But being a non-traditional action hero who does actually kick ass and bumblebee at the end, which I had forgotten, and and getting to be Gwen Stacy, who's yes animated. Keep in mind, even when she's doing stunts in Hawkeye and the Avengers movies, hopefully she'll have a stunt double. But she's gonna want to do. She's so young and athletic. She's definitely gonna want to do a bunch of her own stunts. And so being Gwen Stacy, I think part of her ninety percent was like, "This is amazing. I'll do this voice work all day long." Ten percent must have been like, "I just want to be a superhero." So it, and big surprise in the last years and this movie, she's constantly posting photos of her working out and looking more and more buff. So maybe the Hawkeye thing's been the works longer th- than we know and it's just in final negotiations. We shall see. But it would not surprise me if Haley Steinfeld is the one to span Sony and Marvel, because both sides of one are so bad and her being a superhero totally different in both. Companies both properties both universes Or many universes I suppose here So there's Miles Getting strangled I have no idea What's going on here I had no idea In the theater I'm just going With the visuals Looks like their dimensions Are coming to us it Does look cool So this is Straight inception stuff You know The city sprouting And then You know uh, You know Turning into From a rectangular skyline To a circular Or spiral skyline For lack of better description Um, so this looks exactly like Darth Maul's weird form that he comes back in in the Clone Wars, where he's got a spider suit, mechanical spider suit, just like this, but with Darth Maul and spikes. I mean, this guy must be a tribute in design to Darth Maul. Someone just dropped an anvil on his head, and now they're going into jazz music after all that craziness. What kind of silly cartoon are you? You got a problem with cartoons? Yeah, that's right, people. I don't think if you're still watching this movie you definitely don't have a problem with cartoons so that's a shot at people who aren't watching the movie who are idiots so I guess I'm very picky about my cartoons but like I said I love good adult anime I love old school Disney and this if nothing else this animation made me smile because we never get this stuff look I mean that's like a character straight out of you know me playing fi- Final Fantasy or especially like you know um sorry I'm just watching this yeah I mean this is a thousand times more colorful and cosmic than and even the stuff I complained about in Marvel it just works better in animated form look how kinetic this is I mean it, Inception never looked real it was Christopher Nolan's really one and only experiment with doing almost an entire movie yeah they give the fist bump baby yeah. I was gonna say Haley and Miles Miles and Gwen getting it done teammates right and she I, they had to make her, her live oh Oh, no! Doc Ock just got smacked by a truck. the <laughs> goop. You gotta be kidding. Don't watch the mouth. Watch the hands. Yep. That's, that's the fighting tip. Always watch the hands. Well, actually, I guess in boxing, you, you'd at least be keeping track of the footwork. Yeah. This is too much for me in the theater. On the small screen, it looks Awesome. And I would, I would watch the shit out of a series like this. I wonder if, because Sony is not part of the Marvel streaming service, uh, Spider-Man, Tom Holland will be on it. It'll be interesting to see if Sony tries to also glom onto that, make money off the Disney streaming service, because this would just kill either multiple of these kind of movies, oh, uh, robot's dying, oh, no, anime sadness. Yeah, I mean, you know, the animators knew how to draw straight up modern teenage anime as impressive as all these colorful fireworks so anyways earlier on i hypothesized that he had to quote unquote be the one because it's his universe and if he wasn't the one to save it then you know like tony stark being the one to sacrifice i'm not sure gwen this is it nice to know we're not alone right this is always the sad part of the dc crossovers even this is way better than the cw they have a blast together and then they go through hell they save the war all the worlds and then they just split up from both of us i missed that Yep, there goes spite anime spidey i uh love you all awkwardly i'm taking this cube thing with me nick cage just, just kills it. This movie. I mean, this was the thing. I, uh, you know, the things I took away. Where Haley was awesome. I wanted more. These other characters I've heard of were hilarious, like Spider Pig. But Nick Cage absolutely stole his time on screen. Yeah, I think the Cage as as a super super, uh, as you know, he needs to be the full on lead or like a great but small side character. You know, I'm older than you, 15 months. Einstein and Thomas relative, right? She got the shaved head because of they had to cut her hair. I mean, you got the swelling strings, friends. Yeah, don't push the love story. These guys are just kids. Oh, she does leave. She has to come back. She has to come back. Look, Supergirl comes into the, the arrowverse all the time. I know this isn't Supergirl, but they're able to do it. Oh, I was like, how is there 21 minutes left? There must be yeah, I was gonna say there's gotta be a final battle after the other spideys leave. Yeah, they thought they'd taken down Kingpin. So does this spidey also sacrifice? Does Peter Parker die twice? Oh man, that would be If Peter Parker dies twice and the comic book nerds, spider nerds love this, you know you're doing something right. This guy could kill you. Can't let Spider-Man die. Right. He's now rejuvenated this guy to be Spider-Man, just like Bruce Wayne after nine years hold up in uh, Dark Knight Rises. Oh, bad. Comes Spider-Man. He kicks in the hole, just like Natasha in the Hulk. You got to go home, man. Yeah. How do I know I'm not going to mess it up again, says Peter B? You won't. This is it. This is Creed bringing Rocky back to life. It's exactly Creed bringing Rocky back to life. And then Creed, of course, has to fight the main fight, but he brings Rocky. Rock back. Come on, Rock. Come on, Rock. Come on. Alright, so we had to. So, this is what I said earlier, which was it's not the Miles Morales show, it's definitely the Spider Verse show. But to make this guy the true hero and launch Miles Morales on the big screen, he had to do the final fight. I don't know how they justified sending everyone back just as the Kingpin was here. Oh, man. I mean, the Daredevil fight with the Kingpin at the end of season three and what looks like the end of all Daredevil on, on television for now. Is great, especially because there's a third party in Dex who's also trying to take down both sides, so it's a three way fight. Um, you know, this is just good guys punching bad guys and trying not to get punched too much. But, you know, this is the visual representation of the multiverse. Let's just put it this way. Because it's live action, because of budgetary reasons, and because, you know, Doctor Strange can be super cosmic and we're going to see more crazy cosmic dimensional and and madness, it will be interesting to see, let me just put it this way, it will be interesting to see if they try and do a live action of the Spider-Verse and how weird and busy it is, or whether they stick to the Dormammu formula, which has some Inception stuff, which has, has some big, you know, headed Ex Machina Matrix stuff. Oh, this is him seeing his family... Vanessa Oh it's named Vanessa too Just like in Daredevil Stay with me please Yeah They do what they do with D'Onofrio They make him super evil But then when it comes to his relationships And the people he loves He briefly becomes a softie especially with women He's so scared of Tiny Madam Gal In season one Yeah That's what You know having your superhero either directly related or have close connections to the police and or law officials and or you know hospital i mean we see that in daredevil we see that in batman you kind of need it it's like claire temple she needs to patch everybody up especially charlie and she needs to help you know uh danny rand and colleen grow up in the iron fist series but she's also a nurse you need that character I mean, that's the other thing. Is like Nurses in general, whether even if they're ER nurses and see horrible shit and work terrible hours for terrible pay, nurses tend to be sweet to the core. It's sort of hard of to, unlike doctors who do not have to be, nurses who spend most of the time with the patients have to like people at some level. And so they, just making Miles Morales' mom and sweet nurse, you, you don't ever have to worry about her not being a sweet mom. Yeah, I mean... Daredevil gets thrown all over the place. So decks can ricochet his stuff and Daredevil has trouble following because how complex the ricochet patterns are. Uh, you know, this guy is just pure man meat. Man meat. Um and uh, me and my dad haven't finished our Daredevil 3 yet. Uh man he just slammed on PG guys, not PG thirteen, it's PG. Um Come on Rock, this is a creed in the 11th round, 12th round. Get up kid, get up, get up. I'm calling the fight. I'm not not letting what happened, happen to your father. not letting that happen again. I, I need this Rock. I need to know that I'm not just a mistake. This kid's not a mistake. He's got two grandparents, but he needs to win this battle by himself. Somehow. Yeah, so they went from super colorful to bubbles floating, which is basically what we see in extremely strong microscopes. Like, let's put it this way. There is a part of reality that does physically, as well as sort of metaphorically, or analogically, I should say, look and act like what we're seeing here. Like, this is the most scientific thing yet. Hey. So he just blasted... Was he the god of thunder? He just blasted energy... Somehow into Kingpin, and King put push the green button for me. Is he sending him back into his dimension? So, oh, is that part of why he's so angry? Is he out of his dimension? Is Kingpin? Yeah, that's an interesting take. Okay, now we're back to bub- uh, bubbly inception. This is the cleaning of everything. It's like the snap de-actifying. You know, you got to do this on all team-up superhero movies, I suppose. Fix everything at the end quickly and conveniently yeah i mean now we're going through the neurons and synapses this is straight from the x-men so you know you go through the matrix roller coaster code roller coaster as i call it for a few minutes before each of the matrix movies and x-men movies you, you do the same thing but it's through human bodies and human neurons in particular they're referencing that here the combination of the complex human body um and the, the smallest levels especially to quantum physics sorry if this is loud guys I'm, I'm not wearing my uh, sound free headphones boom yep yeah, they do it the right way they did just enough origin story where it almost felt too much and they get right in the action and they nail battles in action of totally different types in both the middle act and the final act and we get it in the early act with the Chris Pine fight where he dies which sets him on the path luckily dad's alive here um you know in Star Wars everyone's an orphan (laughs) and they have to learn to be good guys or bad guys um, you know, Luke's an orphan essentially Leia's an orphan although she's raised by a family Rey's an orphan Jin is essentially orphaned by both her, her dead mom her captured father and then Saw Guerrera, you know is orphaned for an extended amount of time but having Aunt May and Uncle Ben or at least Aunt May in the main Peter Parker story uh, here's the dad son moment um, and here having you know incredibly good grounded you know you know Uh, father, mother figures, nurse, and comp, it, you know, you need it in a movie like this, because you want the origin story to be about self-doubt and stuff, and not about, your core morality. And that's all great in all the Messiah stuff. Um, you know, in the darker stuff like Dune, they do complicate Muhandim with the Jihad and so forth, and whether, you know, he's in control of his own prophecy, but, you know, while well, Neo is confused and a little mechanical being both Keanu Reeves, but in a Wachowski movie playing someone who's supposed to act mechanically, um, you know, you buy Neo's goodness from the beginning. The thing you're not supposed to necessarily buy is that he is the one they kind of want you to be the skeptic that the bad guys have for him and not the true believers necessarily and that's why they have the 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 oracle lies quote unquote or tells only partial truths when he sees the oracle where she says uh, you got the gift kid but you're waiting for your next life Um, point being while you get great family moments, and this is part of why this works great as PG, is they really stress the family moments as real. They are even family moments, like here, where they don't know even know that it's their family. Um, but also to crown the character that you never think, <laughs> from your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man, oh, they got Wilson Fisk tied up. and yeah. Now he's the star. Yes, Miles Morales in the red on black instead of the red on blue. Look, Iron Man's black, I mean, War Machine's black, Don Cheadle's black, War Machine is a black uh, uniform, costume, I think it's awesome. I'm a redhead, used to be ashamed, or not ashamed, but it just felt weird being a redhead, now I love the color red, my uniform would be very red and or orange, for sure, gotta celebrate it. Alright, now we're getting to Tobey Maguire, having fun, showing off. Did this with my dad? Yeah, they, you know they they make Uncle Aaron a good guy in the end because he did go down the wrong path, but he was not truly evil. Sort of like the lead bodyguard in uh, T'Challa's retinue. Um, oh, they're thinking about each other. Oh, here's getting back in shape. Oh yeah, Mar- does Mary Jane give him another chance? It looks like she's gonna give it's an- gonna give uh, Peter B another chance ending on him just swing this is, this is every Spider-Man movie you gotta do it it's like the end of Wonder Woman you have to have them flying around at the end to, you know smiling having fun being good guys and actively saving the world constantly and loving it they love the fun of it the challenge but they mostly love people and Spider-Man loves people just like Wonder Woman loves people not all the superheroes operate that way certainly not Logan or Tony Stark all the time The Tony gets there because of Spidey I'm not the only one not by a long shot I don't know what song this is. It'd be funny if there's a Hallie Steinfeld song. I mean, that's the thing. Haley Steinfeld can now do the main songs, like she's for Dickinson, for all of her stuff. It's, wait a minute, boom. That was awesome. Great movie. So I'm sure there is a stinger of some sort, but I did do a long intro. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, you know, again, I was never going to do a play-by-play of this, partially because it moves too fast, I still don't understand everything, but man, that this was a movie I knew I would like actually on a smaller screen, not blasting me in the face, when I could digest it more, and even though I'm going to definitely watch it again, I love doing this commentary with you guys, but uh, nevertheless, um... It, you know, on the smaller screen and really honing in on the visuals, it works with me much better, which is why I'm starting to see movies not in the theater, because they're either terrible screens with terrible sound, or they're too good and too huge and too loud. It's just, you know, it's hard for me to process. Um, so, this is a great movie. You know, I, I hope it revolutionizes filmmaking going forward the way a lot of people thought it would when it came out. I don't think it's three hundred ninety million total. Which, by the way, on a ninety million budget, it's four times the budget. So you're happy with that? There's Halle Steinfeld, um, uh, Marshall Lee. I mean, those are the big names. Let's be honest. Marshal Lee and Halle Steinfeld sold this by itself to, to you know, or and Lee Schreiber, I guess too. Um, Not Nick Cage, amazing. Zoe Kravitz, John Mulaney. Um I'm gonna close this window real quick while I finish up. Um, and. Uh, and yeah, it's just a great movie. It made me li- really like Spider-Man. And watching that, no, I, I don't know if I can get through Homecoming. I tried once. But goddamn, do I love the, my current Peter Parker, Tom Holland. And I'm definitely going to rent uh, very, very shortly. Um, as long as it's rentable uh, away from home. Thank you for joining me. This has been the Bizzle Voice Commentary for uh, Spider-Man Inside the Spider-Verse. I'll be coming back at you soon. with um, continue my Hailee Steinfeld-a-thon. Um, I should mention quickly, I did a Pitch Perfect 2 commentary like three years ago when like, Pitch Perfect 2 first came out, and that's when I was like, okay, this girl's a star. Um, and then a, a couple of years later, like two years ago or one year ago, I did Pitch Perfect 3, which is not a good movie. ended up me being uh, actually critical of the series as it went along, um, even though even during 2. I never released them. I don't think I'm going to release them. I love watching those movies, even the bad parts, because the music's amazing, and I love the characters. Sorry, my microphone's popping a little bit. Um But I'm definitely doing Edge of Seventeen because, well, because, you know, her being able to be super dramatic and oh, believably overdramatic, and that's her character, but have that relationship with Woody Harrelson, Edge of Seventeen, to me, as the lead, really proved that she could, you know, function, you know, if not as a super badass, then it's just a great complicated character that can be both funny, not just with funny and dramatic, but funny and dramatic at the same time. Like we see here with Gwen Stacy with great writing for her and she knew it was great writing for her. Uh, Bumblebee showed for sure that she could work great with CGI and when the Linda Rose in the last 20 minutes actually kicked way more ass than I remember in helping me um, and, and kicking some butt. She's going to look great in the purple and the bow and arrow. I'm telling you guys now, Jeremy Renner is definitely following the shit out of her online, liking all her photos. You know, she still just as a little skimpy for me at times but you know what she just seems to have a great brain trust alright I'm just gonna, I was gonna say I think she's got it together she's just modeling it's like Gal Gadot you know? she's look, and now she's old enough that you just gotta accept it um, and god bless her And god bless this whole cast this project Sony nailed it out of the park on here you know Venom they kind of stumbled into 800 million in my opinion here they deserve to make more but if they can use this to launch more stuff and awesome animation then that'll be worth it thank you so much for listening this has been The Bizzle and be coming back at you soon um, with some more great podcasts and commentaries. May the force be with you, but for now, the Bizzlecast is out.